بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى has created man and then from men he has created the best of men and that is muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam various types of human perfections allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the perfect he is the one who is without any tarnish any blemish he is the one who is without any deficiency any handicap without any blame he is the one who has no rival no equal and so on but whatever is humanly possible whatever is human perfection according to the human standard allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that to our nabi muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is our aqida is not a question of fact or fiction is what we believe to be an absolute truth as muslims we believe the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the best of all human beings and this is because allah made him that way and since we honor allah and we see allah's fadl his grace and mercy wherever it is and however it is some communities they speak of god's mercy and rahmah and fadl and grace but they won't accept or appreciate god's fadl and his grace where they believe it does not belong and they will then question god or they will deny that grace and fadl uh, there where they believe it shouldn't be there yeah. and this is with the story of the ahl kitab in the quran that they could not understand why the divine chose this arab an ummi to be the recipient of his fadl of his grace and mercy because they were expecting the last messiah to be from them but allah brought the last nabi from these people so in this we find solace and in this we find a lesson that is not about where allah places his fadl his rahma his mercy it's the fact that he places it allahu a'lamu haythu yaj'alu risalata allah knows exactly where to place his risala his nabuwa his messengership his prophethood so the issue is not here or there 
The issue is not it was a black man or a white man or a yellow man or a brown man. The issue wasn't it's from this tribe or that tribe. The issue is it is Allah's fadl and grace and mercy period. So we as Muslims evaluate Allah's mercy first, Allah's rahmah first, and then we appropriate that wherever Allah places it. In this sense, Muslims are inclusive. In this sense, our civilization has always been inclusive. In this sense, we see that we respect all the different Anbiya and Prophets that Allah sent to all people, no matter which language, no matter which race, no matter which time period, and no matter in which civilization or culture, wherever Allah sent a Nabi, we believe that that is a Nabi. Irrespective of context. And likewise, whomever Allah chose to represent the Prophet Muhammad in his life, whomever Allah guided in front of the Prophet we show respect towards them and we do not selectively choose and reject. We say they are all believers. So those who came before Muhammad we include all of them, meaning all the prophets and believers, and those who came with Muhammad we include all of them also. So this is a civilization that is inclusive of anyone who receives Allah's fadl. Allah's grace. And then there are those who exclude. If you're following a certain religion, you will have to exclude one in order for you to say you're not a Muslim. Because if you include all of them, then you're a Muslim. You have to think about it. So our, our pitch to civilization or humankind is that there's no theory out there in the world that is so inclusive as Islam is. In its theology, we include all the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't exclude any name or attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even there in our theology we're inclusive. So we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl, His grace, His mercy came upon the Prophet Muhammad and this made him the best human being. This made him the most perfect human being. And when we today study his life and his seerah, and when we study the Quran, and when we study the Sunnah, and then the seerah, we find many, many examples of that perfection. We find that the Prophet ﷺ perfected himself through Allah's grace and rahmah. And it is because of this human perfection that we follow him. Why do we follow the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ? Because he is the most perfect human being. There is no other human being on this planet who is as perfect as Muhammad ﷺ. This is our aqidah. This is our theology, this is what we believe in. Not just because our parents told us to, but because it's the truth. The way evaluate everything he did, 
and everything he said against the standard of human perfection and you will see that he will always come up on top always and it doesn't matter which incident you find in the seerah or in the sunnah you will see that Allah's fadl is upon the Prophet Muhammad now the reason I am making this introduction is to state another fact that in the realm of humanness and being human there is something called intelligence if you are a human being you are going to have a mind you are going to have a brain you are going to have intelligence when you have intelligence then uh, where does Muhammad stand in the ranks of human intelligence he's human so he must have human intelligence so even there we see that the Prophet ﷺ was given the most perfect intelligence his akhlaq, ethics, morals, behavior all of that that goes without saying that's a no-brainer that's what we teach our kids in Sunday school this is something slightly deeper than that and higher than that in that we must evaluate the mind and the intellect of a Nabi for ourselves so that we are convinced that whatever the Prophet said is intelligent period not just intelligent but the most intelligent and when we start thinking at this level and we start thinking on these terms that wait a minute the Prophet said this is this statement intelligent then you'll see he is far far more intelligent than anybody else so how when you want to be someone who informs others someone who teaches others then your scope of knowledge must be greater than the scope of your protégés or your students the teacher should know much more than the student hopefully even they, today sometimes it's not a prerequisite but usually we say that the teacher has far more intelligence and knows far more than the student does because the scope of his knowledge is greater and is wider and is broader and is deeper so when we understand that what is the scope of the knowledge of Nabuwa how far does a Nabi inform people how much does he inform this is the question so if people come and they discuss philosophy and they discuss astronomy or they discuss medicine or they discuss whatever music whatever it is and they discuss theories then all of that is wonderful except it does not include a scope beyond the human mind and the human intellect it does not include a world that is beyond this world this dunya it's within time and space <coughs> so all your academic theories all your scientific theories all of these great geniuses that you kind of look towards and sometimes gravitate towards and you say these are geniuses yeah they, they were 
in that realm and in their field, arguably. We won't take that away. But that does not give them the ability to inform you about what's outside of time and space. What a Nabi brings to the discussion of humankind is what is outside of time and space. A Nabi will tell you what's going to happen to you after you die. A Nabi will tell you what's going to happen to you in your grave. A Nabi will tell you in detail the questions you will be asked in your grave. This is not through science. Because the role of science is to reject all that. Or perhaps not to prove it. So we must evaluate the intelligence of a Nabi by understanding that the scope of knowledge Allah gives every Nabi is far greater than the scope of any humanist, any scientist, any engineer, any mathematician. Because the Nabi will talk to you about what you were before you were born. A Nabi will tell you that. A Nabi will tell you that when you die in your grave and then you are resurrected, this is what's going to happen to you on the day of judgment. And the Nabi will talk to you about eternity. Right? So now, the scope of knowledge is far wider, far greater, far deeper than the scope of anybody in the world. And this gives the Nabi the greatest edge. That's why a Nabi is a warner. That's why the Nabi is someone who gives glad tidings. And this is why the Nabi is the best teacher. Why? Because he's saying to human beings that you may live your life here, but if you live your life here this way, this is what's going to happen in the next world, and then in the next world, until you get to eternity. This is the intelligence of a Nabi. This is why we believe the Anbiya are the smartest people, the most intelligent. And this is why we believe that Muhammad is the most intelligent of all. Because he told us through the Quran and through the Sunnah what we were before we came to our mother's womb. In the ayah which speaks about Alastu bi Rabbikum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant from all of us. Before we came to this world, to our mother's womb in fact, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a covenant from all of us, that am I not your Lord? And we all said yes, qalu bala. Then the Prophet ﷺ told us how to live and behave in this world. Then he told us what's going to happen in the grave. Then what's going to happen on the day of judgment. And what's, where is going, the, the, the arsh of Allah is going to be and who will be in the shade of Allah's arsh. Allah make us from them. And then what's going to happen on the Sirat, on the bridge, and what's going to happen when you receive your book of deeds in the right hand, and what's going to happen at the Holy Ghost, and what's going to happen in Jannah. All of this knowledge, information, is our aqidah. It's what we believe in in order to be a Muslim. Who gave us this knowledge? It is a Nabi. He's not a scientist, he's not an engineer, he's not a doctor, he's not a mathematician. It is a Nabi. <coughs> so we as Muslims include 
the realms of existence in our discussions. Whereas others who don't believe in the Akhirah, they can't include the Akhirah in their discussions. When people come here and they start fundraising, as we're fundraising for the school here, inshallah, we should give for the school. When people come and they start fundraising, what's the pitch they make? The pitch they make is that Allah will reward you. But where? Not here, over there. It's based on this aqidah that there's an akhirah. So Muslims by definition include all realms of existence when they talk. It's part of their DNA, it's part of their culture, it's part of their vocab. This is what makes a Muslim a Muslim. Why? Because the Muslim follows the Sunnah. He follows the methodology of the Sunnah. He follows the intelligence of a Nabi. This is how supremely and superbly intellectual our religion is. Because we can talk about before time and we can talk about after time. Why? Because we follow a Nabi. We follow the last Nabi Muhammad So, when you want to evaluate the intelligence of someone, you evaluate the scope of knowledge, the breadth and the depth. And there is no doubt from this very simple expose of mine that the Nabi is far more intelligent than anybody on the planet. Because his knowledge comes from wahi, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What Allah informs him, he does not inform others. And that's why we follow him. Because he has much more knowledge than we do. Much more knowledge. And that is why the Muslim civilization, when they incorporated all of these realms in their world, this world, they were superior. They were advanced, and they took control. But when we lost the ability to include all the worlds into our discussion, and say, we don't want to go there, brother, pray. Why do you want to pray? Allah will reward you on the day of judgment. Okay, fine. When you lose that ability to include the Akhirah in your discussion, in your mainstream conversation, then you lose Islam. Period. Because this is not just about living in this world, this is about surviving this world and living in the other world. And that is the most intelligent formula that any human being could receive. And with this we make dua. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to benefit from the intelligence of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and follow his lead. Ameen ya rabbal alameen.